0: Connecting life and faith. This is Connections. We, while we our time at the orphanage, we we just started seeing the, the horrible inequity of, of uh, kids on the street how they were being treated, and and it was just so very blatantly obvious uh, who the kids were that that uh, were street children or or uh, uh, that were uh, domestic slaves for people you know just the way they acted the way they carried themselves the shame that they carried around with themselves you know the abuse they'd suffered; it was just written all over their face. And my wife and I just said, "You know, you know, we pleaded with God. You know, there's something we can do." And and that's where this whole thing came about.
1: We're joined today by Gary Anger. He, together with his wife Mavis, founded a ministry in Haiti called Beauty Out of Ashes. After living in Manitoba for most of their lives, alongside raising their three children, they decided to uproot and move to Haiti. Today on Connections, Gary shares that story with us. He shares how things are going in Haiti. He also talks about beauty out of ashes and the importance of this ministry. First of all, Gary, we want to get to know you and your wife, Mavis. Tell us a little bit about the two of you, how you came to know each other and how you got to where you are today.
0: You know, we started really, really early. I started dating her when she was, uh, I, I knew her all my life because her brother was my best friend growing up. Uh, really no connection with her because I think she probably annoyed me because she was younger. <laughs> but uh, all of a sudden I started seeing a lot of beauty in her and, and uh, we had a lot of things in common. And so we I started dating when she was 16. I was almost 18 and married when she was uh, 17 and I was 19. And we've been married for almost coming on our 40th year.
1: Wow, that's beautiful. Um, yeah. and, and the story that comes out of this love story is unbelievable as well. You guys started off in farming and doing stuff like that. Tell us a little bit about life before um, Beauty Out of Ashes.
0: Okay. Uh, right after we got married, I actually drove fuel truck for St. An Co-op for a number of years. And then we had an opportunity to buy a farm. Uh, in the landmark Greenland area uh, and started farming with uh, with my in-laws and my brother. And we did that right up till 2008. And I got uh, bought out of the farm and I actually went to work for Carl Genetics for a few years where I uh, had the probably a dream job of my life. So I was kind of curious why God called us to the mission field when we were you know very close to retirement but i do know now why so there's been million times more rewards being out here than we ever had at home so
1: now you are in haiti tell us a little bit about how that all came to be because this all started with a two-week um trip to help out with a conference for women in haiti but this is now your life tell us how this all came to be
0: Okay, well, yeah, we went out for a, a conference. My wife was supposed to be part of a, a woman's ministry that uh, out of Austin, Texas, that went to Haiti every year to you know, just teach women hygiene, basically how to be treated by men, how to take care of their babies. And, and the, the husbands that did come along, we uh, got put to work at the orphanage and, you know, we did uh, little projects, you know, building walls, building uh, countertops and stuff, fixing a lot of stuff that was dilapidated. And during that time, we we uh, we, we fell in love with a girl. Her name is Machela. And both me and my wife just, you know, we had absolutely zero intentions of adopting. We were, I was at the time of, I think, I was 51 and my wife was 49. And it was no such thing as as, you know, we had three biological children. We were... Really happy and, and uh, everything was going good. And uh, all of a sudden, God threw, threw Matilda into our <laughs> life. And I mean, we love her to death. And we, we worked on her adoption uh, for quite a while till, you know, we had spent already, uh, close to $10,000. And one day we just out of the blue, the adoption agency called us and said, we were too old. That was it. End of story. There was no, absolutely no dialogue after that whatsoever. It was just our case was shut that day. And so we were devastated and we knew Michela would be because she had been through two previous almost adoptions where they already, the family had met them, had met her, you know, had come out to Haiti to meet her. And then for some reason or other, a lot of it was financial struggles and they just dropped her like off. So she was really, really uh, gun shy already to this whole adoption thing. And if we had now, said, oh, same thing. I mean, she would have been devastated and never, never trusted anyone again. So trust was, it was a very big thing, getting her to trust us. Uh, and yeah, we, so we, we pursued that. Adoption fell through. And we said, you know, we started asking questions to people. And they said, well, why don't you at least try, go out there, take a six-month leave from your job, go to Haiti and try and, uh, and get student visas from chela. So we worked on that. And after six student visas, we finally realized that uh, God wanted us to stay in Haiti and then that's how this whole BO thing, BOA thing, Beauty of Ashes, started after we had spent 18 months working at the orphanage and during that whole time trying desperately to get out of Haiti.
1: Now, what you, you have made a permanent home in Haiti now. What yes. was that like to make that transition to officially move out of Canada and permanently move yourself um, away from your children who are, are still in Canada and move to Haiti?
0: You know, that's, that was the most difficult thing. Probably more for Mavis than me. Uh, you know, once you have grandkids, that's just such a tremendous pull um, on, on a person's heart that uh, it's so difficult to leave. You know, you miss the little, little things, you know, them starting to walk, starting to talk. And that was probably the hardest thing for us was to leave our, our kids and, 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 you know, especially our grandkids. I mean, if our kids are listening, I love them to death, but... Mm-hmm our grandkids are like they just oh they they're they're really special and that hurts the most we have nine grandchildren uh, five in manitoba and four in in austin texas and and uh, yeah that that's been the most difficult you know and then just to you know sell everything back home and you know i would always have considered myself very driven by money and i think god decided that possibly it was time to to put me on hold before I would, you know, self destruct in in that way, mm-hmm. and I think it was the best thing that ever happened for me.
1: So tell us about beauty out of ashes and how this all came to be.
0: Okay, beauty out of ashes. Wow. Uh, we were, while we our time at the orphanage, we we just started seeing that the horrible inequity of of uh, kids on the street how they were being treated, and and it was just so very blatantly obvious. Uh, who the kids were that, that, uh, were street children or, or, uh, uh, that were uh, domestic slaves uh, for people, you know, just the way they acted, the way they carried themselves, the shame that they carried around with themselves. Um, you know, the abuse they'd suffered. It was just written all over their face. And my wife and I just said, you know, you know, we pleaded with God, you know, there's something we can do and and that's where this whole thing came about that we decided, you know, we will start beauty of ashes, uh, a foster, a long-term foster care uh, for girls, uh, you know, street kids, uh, kids that have have been put into slavery, kids that we know their parents are 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 going to put, you know, because we had a social worker that we had already hired before we even started this, and and they started, you know, just telling us about certain kids and. And because we didn't really want to get involved with that part of it, you know, finding the children. So we had a social worker and the IBSR, which is the Haitian Child and Family Services, which we work with.
1: Now, one term that I know that was used is arrestive. Tell me a little bit about that term and what that means.
0: Well, a few of our girls would be uh, exactly fall into that category. It's, it's when a child is, is uh, a family, let's say usually large families in Haiti, and one of their child, someone comes to them with a promise saying, we will take your child to the city and, and uh, and and Ray, you know, give her a good education. She'll have a great home and she'll be able to come back and help your family. And the family just, they're already, you know, starving kind of on their, you know, on their last, uh, kind of on their last wits, you know, what, what to do with their kids. It's, and, and so they, they take it they usually are given fifty dollars or something well that kid then will become a slave of that family and often it's a relative so it's it's uh it's despicable what happens to these children like a few of our kids have have stories of where they've been locked in closets or they've been you know while the family goes out and and they're up early early much earlier than the family preparing food sweeping the floors then they often they'll they will be the ones in charge of bringing the family's children to school kids that are dressed to the T and these kids, the, 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 rest of that girls are dressed in like ratty, 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 ratty rags. And they have to bring these kids to school, pick them up. Meantime, they'll be on their way home. They'll have to bring a five gallon pail of water on their head back home. You know, it's, it's a, it's just a, a very, very low degrading status to have an 80.
1: Yeah. And,
0: and the physical and mental abuse is, Is horrendous,
1: and you guys are helping them beauty out of ashes. Is that where you got the name from? From taking the yes,
0: it is. Yeah,
1: taking them from that situation and making beauty out of that. Tell us about
0: yeah. Well, the 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 goal of our of our ministry is first of all to show them the love of Jesus Christ, uh, teach them about Jesus. Uh, you know, all the girls are 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 on fire for Jesus right now. Four years ago, that was not the case. They were a bunch of scared, little, uh, insecure girls, and they are now. They, they're a lot of self confidence, and and uh, you know w- what we really want to do is we want to break the cycle of poverty, the cycle of of childhood slavery, the, the cycle of of uh, street children. Um, I know we can't do that alone, and and you know we're doing it you know, 11 girls at a, t- at a time, and, and, and you know, these girls are our family, like, we're mom and dad to them, and, uh, you know, we, we want them to live in freedom, not fear. Uh, so many of them have had their childhoods basically just taken away from them and just gone straight from, you know, four years old to a 12-year-old to a kind of in their head with their responsibilities and we want to give them that, their childhood back, let them enjoy playing hide and seek, you know, playing tag and, and just running around and, and being kids. We're offering them the absolute best education we can give them here in Haiti. We, we started the ACE program, Accelerated Christian Education, which has really, really turned out well. Our, our daughter, Michela, or actually she's a legal, we're her legal guardian. She's actually right now in a school in, in Montana at a Christian high school. So that's a dream we wow. never would have thought. And, you know, the, these other girls, we're hoping some of maybe the higher caliber ones, we can squeeze into that school as well, because that's a, a very, it's actually a, a little Mennonite school in Lustry, Montana, that mm-hmm. 34 students, just, it's been amazing for our daughter, Machila. Her just growing, her spiritual growth has been unbelievable.
1: What is it like to watch these young ladies go from nothing, not even faith, to grow into these beautiful young women who have this unbelievable undeniable faith.
0: You know that's hard to put into words because I I would sooner put it into tears. It's um I don't know it, it's it's only God that can make that possible. We we are simply instruments that that were, we're asked to to do his work and we are we we feel extremely privileged you know, it's not been an easy road by no means. It's it's tough. It's tough on everything. It's tough on a marriage. You you have different ideas, and and how are you going to work this out? You know, it, it's tough when with kids. Uh, you know, they're not truly your your bio, your own biological children, but both Mavis and I love them like our own children that would protect them with our life. So it's yeah, it's it's so it's so cool to to see them how they've grown, how they they just developed into just beautiful young women that that love God and 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 want to serve him and you know our oldest daughter angie she spends i would say two hours a day in the bible like it puts me to shame and you know she'll she'll ask questions and and uh you know they listen to to caleb that's one station we can get out here so they they'll just they're constantly there we hear caleb and you know it's it's awesome it's it's fun to watch them and uh yeah, I, it's, it's, it's amazing what, what God, how he's transformed them. And, and I just expect, you know, wonderful things in the next number of years from the girls.
1: That just shows there's hope. There's still hope in oh, this world. There's because hope. These girls have been to the bottom and yet yeah. still can see that there is a God. There is something yeah. to live for. There's, these yeah. girls are something that we need to look up to.
0: Yeah, absolutely. These these girls are gonna they're gonna show the world what what they're made of. Absolutely.
1: What does a typical day look like at Beauty Out of Ashes?
0: Typical day? Uh, girls are probably up by seven ish, r- roughly. Uh breakfast, uh shower, uh and school starts at nine. Teachers are, are usually here by nine. The strike is kind of really dampened out a bit. But uh yeah, then they'll have school they'll have uh, school till uh Till lunch and half an hour lunch, uh, we're starting to actually after the, the first period after lunch, we let the girls kind of just run around and and do a little bit of a phys ed type of thing, little basketball or soccer, and then it's back to school till three o'clock. And after three, they there's homework, uh, some of the daily chores, and uh, the girls they, they would find stuff to do. They they're so busy right now doing each other's hair. They, it's called alage which is hair extensions. And they're just, these kids are absolutely amazing. I mean, if they were to come back home and do this, they could charge $300 to do what they're doing here. Uh, and we pay them $10 per, you know, for the girls they do. So they kind of are already starting to earn a little, little bit of money. And, and, uh, and after that, we'll eat supper. And uh, often we'll play cards, of Dutch Blitz, Uno, or whatever, or, or Phase 10. Some of the girls will watch a movie. By eight o'clock, the younger girls are all in bed, uh, and we usually let the older four girls stay up till ten, ten thirty. You know, as long as they're quiet in their room, they're upstairs and they talk. You know, they'll read the Bible, uh, stuff like that. So yeah, Yeah. that that's a typical day here at at BOA.
1: Tell us about the current situation right now in Haiti. There's all kinds of. Things we hear coming out of Haiti. What are things like for you guys there right now?
0: Wow, how long is the show? It's it's really 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 bad. It's as dangerous and scary as it's been in the entire six years. The country is lawless. Yeah, it, it's horrible. Like the, the, I'm sure you've heard of the kidnapping of the 17 mm-hmm. white cap Mennonites in uh, from Ohio. One of them is from Canada. The FBI negotiators are actually in Haiti right now. Yeah, this group, and, and right now we're waiting for the, for the FBI negotiators to come up with something. They, they're asking a million dollars apiece, like $17 million. And if there's a two-year-old baby in there. I mean, these people are heartless. They've, they've already killed so many uh, 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 hostages in the last probably six months from people that just have not been able to come up with the money on time or, or, or the amount. Like it's a ruthless gang that, that has this group right now. Um, so we just pray that there will be a, a release. And we pray for, for intervention from the U.S. We really, really do. There, there needs to be... The military needs to come here just to show presence. Um, UN needs to come back. They left in 2019. And, and that's kind of when everything turned around. When the UN left Haiti, everyone just saw this opportunity that there is no law. The police... The police have zero control. They're so badly outgunned and outarmed uh, by these people. I mean, there's police officers killed every week, you hear, you know, one or two or four that have just been killed like in a in a in a shootout where they've tried to stop stuff and and uh, yeah, it's it's just become horrible. And and if, if these negotiations, let's say they, they will now pay out the 17 million and leave it, then basically every person here that's white or has a US passport their life is in grave danger because then all of a sudden we all have dollar signs written over us.
1: Does that ever make you fearful? Does that ever make you want to stop what you're doing, pack up and leave?
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know something we talk about that every day, many times a day. Yes. It makes us fearful. We have a false sense of security where we are. I just talked, we me and my wife are talking this morning, me and Mavis about, you know, we, we live in this compound, but you know, really for guys to climb over the wall, wouldn't be a big thing. And, you know, I, how do you protect yourself when 20 people climb over the wall? Right. So yeah, we are fearful. We're, we're, we're trying to stay. Uh, we lay very low. Uh, we, we did a grocery run yesterday. It's you know, just down the mountain, just into town. And basically when we were back up, well then we were on a big blog with a bunch of expats from Haiti in, in Haiti. A lot of them are actually ex-U.S. military and, and uh, they're very up to date with people driving all over. And we know, exactly where trouble is what streets to stay off uh so that that's very very helpful and uh yeah so we we ran down did our grocery run made it back up safe and, and absolutely no problem but you know and then this morning you open up the the blog and you see well this streets blocked that streets blocked there's tires burning there there's people throwing rocks there's shooting um and a lot of this now is because another big crisis that's happened is the fuel truck drivers went on strike as of yesterday morning and because one of them had been killed and during a, a hijacking of their fuel trucks like the gangs are hijacking fuel trucks food trucks everything they've completely crippled the country for six months already there's been a gas shortage every day you try and find gas you're in a up to a four-hour lineup just to get gas or diesel so yeah with that now that just adds a lot so the so public transportation is basically. Uh, is going to be shut down soon because they'll all run out of gas and diesel. And and like, even this morning, when one of our our teachers was trying to come up to work, she called and said she got to a certain point, but no motor would, no motor would take her further because of gas shortage. They had no gas. So, you know, that that's, that's crippling the country and that's just going to lead to more violence. They're burning down gas stations, which makes absolutely no sense because who knows? In two weeks they could have gas again. But the, the rationale of thinking is kind of gone. It's it's more just anger and and uh, and uh, just protests every day. They're protesting either the violence or the government or the or the kidnapping. You know, and 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 and, and, and it's so unproductive because all they're doing with protesting is causing more rioting and 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 uh, and confusion among the people. So
1: wow, and these are all things we forget about because. I mean, in North America, we, we're not dealing with that kind of stuff. So we're like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's happening over there. You forget about it. But, yeah, I,
0: know. And, and but I just our- wish people yeah, would, would at least pray, you know, just take an hour today and just ask God to heal Haiti. Haiti needs help. You know, they need God to, to just, you know, come in here and, 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 and bring peace and, and, uh, and calm back to the country you know we st- we have no president right now our president got assassinated in july and that kind of also led to law- lawlessness after that you know so i we're kind of hoping maybe if the presidential election happens in february maybe that'll bring some stability back so these are all things we we're just praying that that god will just bring peace back it's an absolutely gorgeous gorgeous country i mean we're 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 in the same island as dominican republic and we have the same beautiful beaches beautiful palm trees everything's the same just Some of that invisible borders is just evil when you touch that border. It's, it's hard to believe, but it's, it's so true.
1: Um, Speaking of prayer, how can we pray for beauty out of ashes?
0: That we'll make wise decisions with our girls' futures. You know, we're a big part of our ministry now is, is okay. Getting these kids into vocations, you know, Angie's turning 17 next spring. Uh, you know, so, you know, eventually these girls will want to get married. They'll want to have jobs. We're just, we're teaching them how to deal with money, how to, um, you know, when you're on the street, like how are you, how, what are you going to do in a certain situation? And a big part of this, how will, how are you supposed to be treated by a man? You know, very important to the, to, to us that these girls find good, solid Christian husbands who will honor, respect, love. And 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 uh, cherish these these girls. These are beautiful girls made in God's image that 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 deserve the same love that anyone else does. And and that's our, our wish. You know, we're we have them kind of set up. Some girls are started working in our eye care clinic. Uh, we have one of the girls will be doing as soon as you know things start calming down. Uh, uh, dental hygiene. She's going to be cleaning and whitening teeth. We have a fish farm where we. Uh, supply obviously fish to ourself a lot of protein you know the girls love the fish tilapia and uh, and probably be able to sell close to three thousand fish a year to our neighbors and you know in that way create jobs the girls are helping with cleaning the tanks and feeding and and you know so i'm just we're doing some some business stuff or want to start doing some business stuff in school like you know what does it cost to buy these fish to fill the tank with water to uh, you know the the feed and then how much do we need to sell them for, you know, to make a profit? So these are all things that back home kids kind of just learn. Mm-hmm. And these are things we're trying to teach them in school that they actually have a grip that, that they do make enough money that they can support a family.
1: Just hearing what's going on there. Um, would you ever, are you, do you ever plan to stop? Is anything ever going to get in your way and <laughs> make you want to come back to Manitoba or back to Canada?
0: Oh, man, I always tell people they'll probably bury me in Haiti. But, um, you know, honestly, that's a really tough question. We're, you know, a lot of the ministries, many of the ministries have packed up and left. And they've kind of, they've over the years have uh, positioned themselves in a way that where Haitians Haitians can run their organizations. And now with this, uh, you know, this latest crisis and, and the tremendous danger that we've been put in, people are leaving and, and I don't blame them for leaving if they can, you know, there's a few organizations of us here left that are kind of doing what we are. And it's very difficult to leave. You know, we can leave for a month or two and, and our nannies and our, our you know, our secure, we have a really good security guard, a good solid Christian guy that when we're gone, he'll spend all the time here. He'll run out and get diesel for us and, 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 you know, rice and, and beans, whatever the girls need. But for us to just leave now for six months or a year, would be would be very very difficult uh it's it's just yeah these are our girls and 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 that's uh that you know it's yeah we 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 cannot abandon them that's yeah
1: it's what god has called you to do
0: that is it and and you know a, a verse that i was just i just actually just stumbled on this morning is is in philippians 4 verse 7 and the peace of god which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in jesus christ and that is extremely true because if we let our minds wander there's not much peace in this country and and uh it's scary you know and but then when you put yourself back to where god promises to to watch over us he doesn't promise that nothing bad will happen to us but he says he will watch over us he he sees what happens and and in that we find tremendous uh uh peace in 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 that scripture
1: for those who want to learn more about Beauty of Ashes, want to help you out in any way, how can they go about doing that?
0: Well, they, our, our website is boahaiti.org. We're always always looking for more sponsors for, for uh, you know, just for our general fund, for our, uh, our, our kids, our school fund. Um, so, yeah, people can look into that and, and uh, see what, where God leads them.
1: And obviously, there's always prayer. People can always be praying. Oh, my prayer.
0: goodness. Please, Yes. <laughs> prayer is, is is unbelievable.
1: Thank you so much for joining us today and for making time for us.
0: No problem. Thanks for uh, allowing us to share our story.
1: And thank you so much for listening to their story today. Remember, if you want to listen to this conversation and it's full again, you could do that by checking out our podcast, Connections with Mike, Tom, and Colleen Hood. You can find that at podcastville.ca or wherever else you get your favorite podcast from. Don't forget to subscribe. We'll talk to you again on Connections.